0: Welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at celebrationedm. EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, there's something about getting older that you just, you miss out. You start to become numb on some of the simple enjoyable things of life, and I have three kids now, and there's nine nieces and nephews between my, my brothers and their wives and I, and so I'm around young children a lot, and one thing I love about being around young children is that they start to wake you up to the simple pleasures and joys in life, and something my son has done recently for me is he's reminded me of the joy of a Slurpee. (laughs) Remember when you were a kid, how exciting it was to get a Slurpee? Do you remember that? Like, it was like, I mean, to us, like my mom would feed us water and bran muffins every day, all day like that. So a Slurpee to us was like the pinnacle of what could happen in your life at that time. And so I remember how awesome it was to to get a Slurpee. And my son has reminded me of this because as you're an adult, you kind of lose that joy. It's like $1.79 or something, and it's fairly easy to come up with. And you sort of lose the joy of having a Slurpee in your life. What I noticed is that as I grew up, I sort of became numb to these things. I became familiar with them. I didn't have them that much. And when I go to 7-Eleven, my Slurpee would start to look like this, okay, It's like gray in color, like I'm not even picking those bright, beautiful, vibrant colors that you pick when you're a young kid. And it wasn't even full to the top. You can still see there's white at the top of the cup and like it's not really that full and I often don't finish it and I've sort of lost the joy of that Slurpee. But my son, he loves these things. And when we go to the 7-Eleven, he's so excited to get these Slurpees. He fills it with all sorts of the bright, vibrant colors, fills it right up, and then puts the lid on and makes sure he gets every last, he fills it right to the top. Your kids do this, right to see so You got every little bit of it has Slurpee in it. And uh, this is him last night. We were getting Slurpees prepping for the message. Like, he, he could not be happier. The world is beautiful to him. And can I just say that, that's what God wants to do in your life. To fill you full. That you'd have you, you just gain this new sense of joy and expectancy about life. Sometimes it's like, you know, we, we just sort of get used to it. It's kind of like whatever. And being around children reminds us, wow, life is a beautiful thing, and God wants to do more in our life. God wants to fill us fresh. David said in Psalm 16:5, he said, Lord, you are my portion. My cup of blessing, you hold my future. See, when there's a thirst, God doesn't wanna give you a little bottle cap of water to satisfy you, he wants to fill you up. He wants to fill you. And I'll tell you, as you go through life's problems with more of God's presence and power in your life, you will overcome them. Not every problem will be such a big mountain to you when you have God's presence and power in your life. And in David, in Psalm 23, he says, my cup overflows. And what he's talking about there is he's talking about the presence of God. He's not talking about, you know, cars and and motorcycles and and houses and and bank accounts. He's not saying like my cup overflows that way. He's saying, he's, he's referring to this Psalm 16 saying, God, my cup overflows with your presence. And that's what God wants to do in your life, and sometimes we just forget about that. We just lose it, and we sort of start to face our problems on our own and not invite him into them. But God is always ready and willing to give us more of his presence and his spirit as we walk through life. I'm going to read Luke chapter 4 this morning, one of the more popular verses uh, in the Gospels. You can go to Luke chapter 4 with me. Uh, You can Bring up your phone. If you got your Bible here, that's great. I'm going to read for the CSB. Luke chapter 4, Jesus tempted in the desert. So then Jesus left the Jordan, full of the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. For 40 days to be tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days. And when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, it is written, man must not live on bread alone. He's quoting Deuteronomy 8.3 there. So he took him up and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And in a moment, the devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all this, this authority because it has been given over to me. And I can give it to anyone I want. If you then will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him, quoting Deuteronomy 6.13, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So he took him to Jerusalem and he had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. And here's where the devil twists the words of God. Can I tell you That's what he did to Eve as well. And that's what he'll do in your life and mine is that he will twist God's word and make you think you're thinking truth when you're believing a lie. So here's what he does. He twists Psalm 91 and he says, he will give his angels orders concerning you and protect you. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him again in Deuteronomy 6. It is said, do not test the Lord your God. After the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and the good news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity. So Jesus has a problem here. And he's like, I I can imagine he's like going to God. He's like, dad, this guy's tempting me again. Okay, the bully that you left on earth is bothering me. But there's something to note before Jesus goes into this temptation. It's, the scripture says Jesus left the Jordan full of the Spirit. He was full of the Spirit, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Can I tell you, you're going to overcome more of your life's problems with more of God's presence and God's power in your life. And sometimes we forget to uh, invite God's presence into what we're going through in our day-to-day life. Jesus was full of the Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of all of us. This begins in salvation. Jesus said, John chapter 14, he's the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because he doesn't see or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and he will be in you. So the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit is in you. Paul said it this way, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, three sixteen says, don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God lives you? So there's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that happens in your life and mine. But then in this scripture in Luke chapter four, it says Jesus was filled with the Spirit. It got me thinking about the Slurpee cups. See, mine had the Slurpee in it, but my son's was filled with the Spirit. I mean, he was bursting over. Often it'll run over onto his hands and make them all sticky and he loves it. So what comes with this indwelling, with having the Spirit in there? Well, in your life, well, there's a personal relationship. He'll never leave us. He'll always be with us. And even though at times we'll suppress him, forget about him, he's always there. The Holy Spirit can be in you, though, without you being full, full of the Holy Spirit. The scripture is saying full of the Holy Spirit. Luke uses those words, full of the Holy Spirit. Again, Paul used those same words. Ephesians 5, 18, he says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Filled by the Spirit, something that can continually happen. God's design is that uh, it's not just to have His Spirit in you. That's enough, just, yeah, let's, let's give him a little bit of my Spirit. That's good. Give him, you know, a little bit. He wants you to be full of the Spirit. This is how Jesus resisted the devil. This is how Jesus could come into that. That trial, that, that intense time in the wilderness, and resist the devil because is because he was full of the spirit. It's exciting to think about this idea of being full of the spirit that God wants to give us more than maybe what we're presently experiencing. And they experienced this in Acts chapter 2 as well. They're they're in this house, and, and in Acts chapter 2, suddenly, like um, suddenly a sound, like a violent rushing of wind, came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they're staying. So the Holy Spirit can fill a person, but the Holy Spirit can also fill a place. God's power. Wow. God wants to give you more of his spirit in your life. He wants to fill you. He wants more than to just be in the room with you. He wants to fill the room. This is what the the power of his spirit can do. And when he fills the room, the spirit's nature comes with him. And Jesus describes this uh, in the Gospels as well, that the Spirit is a, uh, a spirit of comfort, of guidance, peace, joy, a spirit of truth. So how are we filled with God's Spirit? How are we gonna, how are we, if, if God wants to give us more of himself, how do we approach this? Well, first and foremost, I think Paul gives us a really good example here. We must empty ourselves of what we've put in place of the Holy Spirit. See, one of the problems of the West is that we have so many options for what to fill our life with. We can fill our schedules. We can fill our bank accounts. We can fill our bellies in Jesus' name. There's all sorts of good stuff that we can fill our life with. It's not necessarily bad, but at times we will fill places where God's spirit is trying to fill and you're thinking, why am I not feeling fulfilled? Why am I not getting that sense of God doing his work in my life? It's because it's so easy in the West. We have so many options to fill our lives lives with that there's no room to be full of the Holy Spirit. What a great example Paul gives. This is just a perfect little tidbit of what could be happening in our life. Don't get drunk with wine. You're using it to fill the place where God's spirit wants to occupy. And God's spirit is so much better than whatever we've used to replace him with. God's plan for your life and mine is that you would overcome the problems that come in your way and that you don't have to figure it all out on your own, but that God's spirit would join you as you journey through this life. God's plan is that you would not just medicate your way through the problems, just numb yourself enough just to get by day to day, but that you would overcome them by the power of his spirit. It's worth making space in your life for God to fill it beyond whatever you could imagine. What is in your life that might need to change so that you could experience more of God's presence in your life. Jesus said this in John chapter seven. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within. Streams of living water. Doesn't that sound incredible? Doesn't that sound so amazing? But notice the posture that Jesus says that God wants from us. What's the posture that he wants from us? It's the exact same posture that Jesus went into the wilderness with that day. Hunger, thirst, emptiness, need. We're always going to have those needs. And the temptation is always going to be to fill it with something else. But God's saying, it's actually good for you to have needs, wants, hunger, and thirst in your life. That's a good thing. That's a good place to be in. A.W. Tozer said this, complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. We actually have to have some space to desire, to want, to hunger, to thirst This is beautiful. He waits to be wanted. Too bad with many of us, he waits so long, so very long in vain. God waits to be wanted. He waits to be wanted. For you to be filled, there must be a hunger and thirst. And the problem is, is that we satisfy our own hunger and thirst because there's all sorts of options for us. There's all sorts of ways for us to get That hunger and thirst filled. So, what are you turning to when you're empty, when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you're thirsty? And where does it leave us? What happens often when we fill it with whatever we've come up with, what happens is it leaves us more empty, more dry, more hungry, and more thirsty. Corrie Ten Boom said this, trying to do the Lord's work, and Corrie Ten Boom was, lived through World War II. She was from the Netherlands, I believe, and she was taken into a, uh, concentration camps. And her and her sister would go and they'd reach people. Uh, they'd just spread the love of Jesus through those concentration camps and, and then went on to be a speaker after that and make a significant impact after the war. But she said this, trying to do the Lord's work In your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. Wow. If you try to do the Lord's work on your own, you'll be left confused and exhausted, and it'll feel tedious. I'll give you an example. Have you ever tried? And I hope you have. I hope, you've, I hope you've had one of these awkward moments in your life um, because I, I have and I, I want some people to share it with this morning. But have you ever tried to um, tell someone a little bit of your story about, maybe you're like, okay, I'm gonna evangelize today. Like, I don't know, maybe you had an extra coffee or you got a little excited in your devotions in the morning and you're like, today's the day I'm gonna share my faith. And you go and share your faith and, like, the person is just like, what is happening on the other side of this conversation? <laughs> and it's just the most awkward thing, and you leave going, well, what is wrong with me? Anybody ever had that situation happen? Okay, just me? Or, or, or maybe this, or maybe you try and do the Lord's work in this way. Have you ever tried to, like, maybe um, step out in faith and, like, help someone in need on, like, the side of the street or something, and it went super awkward, and the person ends up mad at you? Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> It's, it's, it's I've seen it happen. I've been with a friend where it didn't go very well. But what happens is sometimes we try to do the Lord's work or we try to like, you know, do what the Bible says without inviting the Spirit into it. And what happens is it leaves us confused, exhausted, and saying, I'll never do that again. I'm hanging out with my church friends only and no one is ever gonna hear my story and I'm never gonna help anyone in need. And Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about, but leave it for a different disciple. Um, But what God is saying is he he wants to fill you with his spirit. And, And when he fills you with his spirit, wherever you go that there's a need, which we go to places all the time and there's need everywhere around us, The problem is we often don't have eyes to see it. The problem is that our needs often overshadow the needs of the room that we walk into. And what God is trying to do is he's trying to use us like to clear a forest in front of us. That if all of us could just clear, like it's like the world seems like such a mess and it just feels like, why even bother? And God's saying, well, you could just do one tree at a time. And if your brothers and sisters in Christ would do the same, imagine the impact you could have on this city for Christ. There's hunger, there's thirst, there's need, and God wants to fill you. And it's not gonna be that hard of work that you thought it was, because when he fills you, you'll start to pour it out. Streams of living water will just start to flow from you. The prophet Isaiah gives us God's word, Isaiah 44, says, I will pour water on the thirsty land. But are we thirsty for that water? And streams on the dry ground, I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. God wants to fill you with more of his Holy Spirit. And what is the result? What's the result of this filling that God wants to give us? To not just have God's spirit within us, but to actually pour it out and to be more full. What is the result of being filled with his spirit? Ephesians 5, let's go back to it. Paul says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the spirit. And what happens? We're speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and singing, making music, with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit yourself to one another out of reverence for Christ. So what happens is when you are filled with God's Holy Spirit, scripture and worship naturally start to come out of you. So this is why, and and you see this in Luke chapter four with Jesus, He's filled with the Spirit, so what happens? As soon as he goes into that tough moment, Deuteronomy just starts to flow out of him. And so he can detect the lies of the enemy, which the enemy will try and throw lies at you all the time. This is why you gotta get God's word in your heart. And what I would even suggest doing is, when you go to read the scripture, because sometimes people tell me, I read the scripture, I forget it, I get distracted, my phone goes off, my kids puke all over me, I can't get God's word in my heart. What I would suggest you do is before you read the scripture, take a moment to breathe slowly, to calm your brain down and say, God, seal this word in my heart today. Give me some of your word today. Seal it. And what happens when you're filled with this spirit? You say, spirit, come in this moment as I read and and be with me so that your word would come alive. What happens, you start to minister to people the Word of God starts to come out of you and you almost go, where did that come from? And it makes an impact on the world around you. You start to minister to people and you're like, where did that come from? The Psalms will start to come out of you and your personal praise will minister and draw people to God. So when you're filled, the Psalms start to come out of you. You minister to people. But also when you're filled, you don't just sing songs, but you communicate to God You communicate with God through worship. What happens is a new desire comes out and you actually start to worship in unscheduled times. You start to cry out to God when you ask his spirit to come and be in you and you'll see singing as an opportunity to be with God, not to just tell him what's wrong with your life, but to invite him into every moment. To say, God, I give you control. You can come and have your way in me. And a new desire to cry out to God will surface. All of a sudden, you'll cry out to him in adoration, in confession, Lord, I know I've 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 done wrong. Come in and, and be with me. And thanksgiving, thanking him for the simple little slurpy moments of your life. And you cry out to him in supplication. Sometimes we lose that. That we see, we feel like God doesn't answer prayers anymore and we just lose that. That thought of supplication, and, and, and it's like we forget to invite God into whatever struggle we're going through, whether it's healing, financial, relational, whatever it is. God wants to be with you. His Spirit wants to fill you in those moments, and He will show up. And what happens when you're filled, Paul says, you start to give thanks always to God for everything. You start to just be more thankful. What happens even when we're grateful more is, is that we're producing more dopamine. And so our situation couldn't change at all, but being thankful for what we already have, God will use that. God will bless us. God will change our minds through that, which will lead you to a more enjoyable life. It will lead you to feeling like you can overcome anything. And then what happens when you're full of the Spirit? What happens is you start to serve people. You're driven to mission. You have a mission-marked life. You can't help it. Our commitment to being filled by the Spirit goes hand in hand with serving one another humbly in love. Being filled with the Spirit leads me to being on mission for Christ. It fills me with the power to be on mission. This is what we saw last weekend. The team came together, the church came together to put this mission on and being, being filled with, with God's presence. It just, it drove us to mission together. I was observing people, watching people serve each other and, and, and help and, and greet people and just be hospitable to people, welcome them in, into our homes. It was the first step for someone finally coming to Jesus, for prayers being answered in families. It's beautiful. This is the way God designed us to be on mission, not to keep things to ourselves, but to be full of the Spirit. And that leads people, drives us to make an impact for the kingdom. So Jesus was full of the Spirit and then Jesus was led by the Spirit. So how are we led? You know you're being led by the Spirit when you start to do things that are the opposite of what your flesh wants to do. Paul calls your flesh your natural self, what's kind of the hardwired way that you'd normally live. God's spirit will lead us to a better life than we could ever lead ourselves to on our own. Paul said, don't be drunk with wine because then the wine will control you. And he says to be filled with the spirit. So being led by the spirit means allowing the spirit to control you. Don't give the control to the wine. Give the control to the Spirit. By giving up control, you're being led by the Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit means to be energized and controlled by God's Spirit in such a way that you start to experience God's power and His presence more in your life. Andrew Murray in his book, Absolute Surrender, says this. Be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is simply this having my whole nature yielded to his power. When my soul is yielded to the Holy Spirit, God himself will fill it. And what happens when we're filled fresh like this? It leads to renewal, obedience, and a newfound boldness in your life that you could not find on your own. Galatians 5, 16 to 18 says this, So so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So you're not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. It's no wonder we sometimes make a mess in our lives. It's because our flesh and who we are, like our our natural self, wants to do what's contrary to the spirit. And it's like, if you're anything like me, you love having full control of your life. What an illusion full control is, isn't it? What an illusion that is. But it, come on, is there anybody in the room who, who's self-aware enough to realize you're a control freak like me? Come on, you, you know what I'm, yeah, thank you. It, it happens to so many of us. And so this is so contrary to our nature. To ask the Holy Spirit to come in and lead us through the day, to not follow our own agenda, but saying, God, I will get off of the road I was going to run today in order to go your way, knowing that your spirit will lead me to something better than I could find on my own. Jesus was filled and led by the spirit. So how do we keep centered on being led by the spirit? We need the word of God. We need need to filter our thoughts through the Word of God to know, okay, I'm hearing this over here, but I know the Word of God says this. See, because sometimes people get messed up because they get filled with the Spirit, but then they're still led by themselves. So they do weird stuff, right? And it's like, that's how we end up taking Scripture out of context, stuff like that. We need the Word of God being led by the Spirit. Jesus was tempted. What happened? Scripture flowed from him. He, went, he got into these problems in life. Scripture flowed from him. It helped kept him on track. So we need the word of God, and then we need prayer. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. We need to connect with the Father, to hear from him, to be led by him. We need times of silent prayer and times where we're just crying out to him, letting him know what is happening in our world. We just see so many needs around us. Lately, it's just as we worked um, We've been working on stuff at church. We just feel like, man, we need to pray more. We want to see signs and wonder. We want to see miracles. We want to see God do things in relationships. We want to see God do things in healing of people. I just feel like we're seeing left, right, and center. We're seeing needs all the time of physical healing. And we just feel like we need to pray more. In fact, this Wednesday, we're getting together. We're doing a worship and prayer night. And that's really what it is. I know that sometimes it's like, we're doing a worship and prayer night. It's 45 minutes of teaching. Um, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna pray. We're gonna worship. It's gonna be extended time where we cry out to God and we say, God, come and have your way in whatever these moments are. And and we're gonna have a time of one-on-one prayer as well to see God doing so many things that way. So this Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we're doing that. And uh, we're just believing for healing, for miracles, for God to do something in our church. We just have a newfound hunger, I feel. in the the church where people are like, God, I need you to step into my life. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I don't know about you, but I feel that in my life. And Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. Before big moments, Jesus prays. And after big moments, Jesus prays. When Jesus walks on water after leaving them, he goes up on the mountainside to pray. That's what the scripture says in Mark chapter four. And, Mark chapter six, sir. And um, you, you start to wonder if, if Jesus is like, I was thinking about this this week. You start to wonder if Jesus is like, God, did I get it right there? Did I just walk on the water? Was that what I was supposed to do in that moment? Like, how, how cool would that be if that's actually what Jesus was doing? I don't know if that's what he was doing. I'm sure he knew more than I would have in that moment. But he's crying out to God. Or when he's selecting the disciples. Before he goes to do that, he's like, God, I'm gonna spend the next three years with these guys. I need to get it right. He goes up on the mountainside to pray, Luke chapter six. He's looking for direction, connection, confirmation, but also just to be with the Father. Worship and prayer are two sides of the same coin. You need them both. Being led by the Spirit means giving up control without giving up responsibility. Giving up control without giving up responsibility. So often because we feel the responsibility for certain situations in our life, we wanna fully control that situation as well. But what happens is that we can be led by the Spirit saying, Spirit, lead me into how this outcome is gonna happen, but I'm still gonna take responsibility and guide this thing to where it needs to go. So an example, if there's a conflict at work and, and uh, you, know, you know you have to do something, you know you have to have a conversation with this person who keeps making passive-aggressive comments and not answering your emails. <laughs> you know you have to have a conversation. What, being led by the Spirit is not, I'll let the Holy Spirit deal with it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna get involved. Spirit, you speak to them. No, being led by the Spirit is saying, God, I'm going to take the bold move of confronting this person, and Jesus was confrontational as well. But God, I'm gonna take the bold move of confronting this person. And Holy Spirit, you have to guide me because my own words are gonna be mean and nasty. I need the work of the Holy Spirit in this moment. And then Spirit, I need you to smooth it out with them. I need you to go on my behalf and work in their heart. And we allow his river of life to flow through us, through our mouths and through our minds instead of the river of our anxious thoughts, words, and the direction we often go. If Jesus could resist the devil's temptation by being full of the Holy Spirit, what could happen in your life? Trust the Spirit of God for the outcome. Jesus was hungry, and he was full, full of the Spirit. You will overcome more of life's problems with more of God's presence and power in your life. And what was the result of Jesus being full of the Spirit and led by the Spirit? What was his result? Well, A, the devil fleed from him for a time. Notice that Jesus keeps answering the devil and the devil's just like, I have nothing to say to that. I'm gonna try something else. Like he doesn't have an answer for him. He just goes and moves on to the next thing. So Jesus was able to resist the devil You shut him down, but in Luke 14, what happens? Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the good news spread through the entire vicinity. Man, we gotta stop going to work, stop going home on our power, and, and, and go to the places we go in life on the power of the Spirit inviting God's Spirit into whatever situation, whatever difficulty, whatever distraction we keep getting stuck in and saying, God, let your Spirit come. Come and have your way. I want your direction, your comfort, your guidance. Be with me, Spirit of God. Would you stand? I feel like God is stirring something in that we maybe weren't even prepared for it this morning. That maybe you came here And you, like, have mission fatigue. Like, you feel like, you know, oh, there's always so much to do in the world and I just, I can't do anything about it. Or maybe you came here and you're feeling dry this morning. Or maybe you came here and you just feel like you just were not expecting something from God this morning. It is time to be hungry for the Spirit of God, to see signs and wonders, to see God do miraculous things in our life, to see healing in in this different physical things, the needs in our life, that when we hear about someone who's hurting and broken, it's not discouraging to us. We actually, our our first response is, Holy Spirit, come. Jesus went around healing those who were sick and driving out demons from wherever he went. And we believe that same spirit lives within us and we can be full of that spirit and bring it wherever we go. Do you wanna see more of God's power in your life? I do. God has placed that same power and you buy the work of his Holy Spirit. Why does God want to fill you so you can handle things the way Jesus did? Can we close our eyes this morning and bow our heads? And just respect those around us. We're going to sing in a moment. And uh, we're just going to cry out to God. But I know that we need more, more of God's Spirit working throughout our lives. And I hope you came here hungry today. Maybe you didn't come hungry today, but something maybe stirred a little bit in your spirit. I'm just going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to count to three in a moment. And if you want to see more of God's power, presence, and spirit in your life, if you want to be more full of the Holy Spirit today than when you came here, if you want to leave more full than you came here, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand in a moment, and then we're going to repeat a prayer together, And ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us fresh today. So, if you want more of God's power, presence, more of God's Spirit in your life, on the count of three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Come on, let's put our hands up. God, we love you. We want more, Lord. You just repeat this prayer after me. God, fill me with your Spirit. I am not okay with relying on myself. I want more of you, more of your presence. More of your power, more of your spirit. Use me to bring your good news to the lost people I meet this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at CelebrationEdmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.